Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan. No instructors know nothing, we taught ourselves to fly. At a very early age, I remember, I think it was pre-verbal at the time. My memory of actually flying with Christine around Ireland would be something that I'll never forget. Yeah. Then aside from these mad harebrained schemes that he comes up with, we would go somewhere different. I podcast host Elaine Ingram and those were the voices of Raphael O'Carroll, owner of Kernan Aviation in Tandragee and his friend and fellow flying instructor Liam Lynch. Raphael's daughter Christine sadly passed away in 2016 at just 31 years of age from a brain tumour and after she passed away himself and his wife Betty established the Christine O'Carroll Research Fund to um, raise m- much needed funds and um, awareness of brain cancer. Um, he also has, had taken, has taken on a number of challenges, um, breaking records with Liam. In 2017, they landed in all 32 counties in Ireland in one day. And um, just recently, they landed in all of the commer- commercial airports in the country, all for that very worthy cause. So let's hear all about their adventures now. I'm here with um, Raphael O'Carroll and Liam Lynch, um, who have done a, an amazing feat of flying to every airline, airport in, in, on the island of Ireland in one day. Yes, international airports. International airports, and that is your most um, recent achievement. But um, I want to take us way back to where this all started and how it came about, and I suppose the, the reason for, for doing it. Um, Raphael, I suppose maybe you should tell us it was um, uh, it, this was done um, in honour of your daughter Christine. Yes, it was. Yeah, uh, in two thousand and thirteen, my daughter was diagnosed with a brain tumour, which caused the family a lot of distress at that yes. time. And it was she at that time she was given sort of three and a half to four years, and so. Like every other household and sort of elect parents in the country, you try everything and anything to see what you can do. But anyway, as it turned out, uh, she had an operation which removed 90% of the tumour. And again, from there on then, she just had radiotherapy and chemotherapy and all that stuff which was quite severe on her, but but she kept up and we started then to try and raise the money for the brain tumour charity right at this stage and which was the start of our flights to raise funds. Right in 2015 we organised a flight. It was two thousand. It, 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 it was Easter two thousand and fifteen, and we organised the flight. 
and the Kernan Valley Flan Club, along with ourselves, arranged a flight to happen over the Easter weekend. Now, Christine was to accompany me on the flight on this one. Uh, so basically, it was myself and Christine and about eight uh, planes from the club itself. And my wife and our two good friends, they followed us in the car. Yeah. And was the backup in case anything went wrong or we needed fuel. So we headed off and we headed down the east coast, skirting around. What size is the plane? It was a two seat. Yeah. And it was the Icarus the C42 that we use here for training wise and current aviation. Yeah. And we headed off with all the planes in tow. And the idea was to land in as many airfields as we could so that we could raise awareness yeah. and to raise the funds for the pension maturity. Mm-hmm. Plus Marie Curie and the Irish Cancer, the Irish Cancer Society as well. Yeah. Right. And then we, we we headed off and we were to do this in four to five days and then ended up we took five days at it, uh, staying overnights at various spots along the road or along the air. Yeah. How many um, how many are there in, in, in the country as a matter of interest? I know obviously you, you, I'm looking at a map here and yeah. there is an awful lot of red There's a hundred and ninety-eight was the last count now there will be some of those airfields would disappear but then there's always new ones coming on but ireland is a fantastic place to fly yeah absolutely fantastic now plus the club on our set we were joined by a lot of the aviators in the south that we are would have known over the years yeah a lot of them we actually taught to fly here at Cairn. Along the way, we met, uh, there was two people particularly that sticks in my mind who the, both of them had brain tumours and they were young people, right? It does seem to strike um, people, in younger people really, doesn't it? Isn't yeah, that, but that? it's the biggest actually cancer killer of people under 50. Yeah. It kills one in 10 and uh, it's the biggest cancer killer of that age plus the fact it has the least research going on so this is why we want we wanted to make more awareness of what was going on yeah but anyway we were joined with everybody going around going around ireland and to be fair we had good f- fun with all the guys, but probably my memory of actually flying with Christine around Ireland would be something that I'll never forget. Yeah. And it'll stick with me the rest of my life. And I'm really glad I've done it because yeah. I got to spend completely five days in an airplane with her. Yeah. And we had fantastic uh, conversations. 
along the road as we went yeah or along the air or whatever yeah so that's a lovely memory to have yes it's good to have you know what i mean and plus it was a good cause and we met loads of people and it was fantastic the people of ireland were so generous you like raised obviously, an awful lot of money didn't you we raised about thirty thousand on it and i mean i started out expecting to raise three or four thousand and we ended up it was actually over the thirty thousand and it's amazing when you think about it, like for us and for the club members and the people. And it's a small community, the Flan community in Ireland, really, because everybody knows everybody else. Yeah. And 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 you then, um, where did you come on board, Lena? I was involved as well. Like yeah. My memory of us was um, taking a young woman up that was recovering from breast cancer. And she was such a brave young woman, took her up. Flying, it's, uh, it's almost therapeutic, like because you don't be thinking anything else. It's you know, our aircraft, you could see everything, and uh, and right now there's plenty of things to see. Like if should it be the cliffs of Moher, Sleeve League, or uh, the Giants Causeway, or down at Mizzenhead, or whatever, or Court Kerry Mountains. You know, there's lots of things to see. And you're seeing it from a different perspective than oh. you're ever going to see it, you know, anywhere else. Yeah, it's a totally different perspective. As well as that, uh, during that flight, all the costs, I think we took them on, you know, so everything we raised all went to the charities. But even, so people were very, very generous with both their time, their money, and whatever else, their support. Yeah. But uh, certainly it was, uh, definitely was an experience. And that was the beginning then of um, a few other uh, journeys, shall we say. Um, unfortunately, your daughter didn't um, recover. No. Uh, <clears throat> like, uh, my daughter actually passed away in 2016, like after three and a half years of a rough journey. Yeah. But... We continued to think of ways that we could raise the funds for the charity, and I always have ideas in my head, and I annoy Liam all the time about this all. And the next one that we done then was to land in the 32 counties of Ireland. And this was a record? Yes, that's definitely a record. Yeah. Yes, and that was all in one day. In one day. In one day. Yeah, yeah, we we actually took off here, I think, at about five o'clock or something yeah. like that in the morning. Quarter to five or something, yeah. And we landed back in here at a quarter to ten. Totally wrecked. And we flew constantly, and we landed in 32 different airfields. Do you have to give them, you know, warning of when you're coming? It's not the same as the um, commercial? No, it wasn't the same as the commercial because we landed mostly in smaller fields in different counties. So we just have to give them a, a ring and say we're on our way? But, but we had to ring everybody and we had to plan it all. There was probably a week's very much intensive planning for it because we had to contact everybody and we had to keep an eye on the weather. And there was a few counties that it was difficult to get an airfield in that we could land in. But anyway, it all worked anyway, and we come back, and we were absolutely knackered. <laughs> well, one, one of the interesting things was when we started off, I think we got as far as Sligo, and we thought, well, that weather was closed, and then we thought, right, that's it, you know what I mean? Give up. Like, How start. many had you been through at that stage? Many uh, well, we hadn't been, hadn't been very far. <laughs> we just got as far as Sligo. Yeah, okay. 
would go north. Oh, you'd go went, north. You yeah, went north, 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 but then we flew on the next one and we sat there for about an hour or so. I think the weather was, well, was you know, no visibility. What time of the year was this? Oh, this was. It must have been in May again. May, it was, yeah, because yeah. it was, uh, uh, you know, we had enough light to do it. We needed enough light because we, well, we can't find day. the dark. And so we get, in the, we get back into the air anyway, and we, we were asked to transfer or, or skirt around the zone of one of the hours. And uh, the air traffic controller says, Are you the two guys doing the 32 county gig? Just go straight through. <laughs> Let us go so through. So you the were answers. known by then. Well, <laughs> what, what we didn't know was that uh, the guy in Sligo had told all his other air traffic control bodies. Okay. Because after that, sorry, air traffic control sort of looked after us. And like, for instance, we were going, we weren't sure, we were going to Limerick or something. I think there's a movie in this. <laughs> and and uh, the air traffic controller said, now, let me just check, we'll, we'll check and see if that, air, air, that airfield is definitely in Limerick before you go on <laughs> or whatever. And they did like fair play to them, like they were very, very, very well, good. Yeah, because you could, uh, you know, yeah. technically land in the two, two air, air, airfields that are in this, actually the same county, maybe they're in, close to the border or something, and then that would ruin everything. The thing is, <laughs> where the problem arise, the airfield, was named Abbey Fail or something. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Right, but, but it was in a different county. Yeah. That's why the air traffic controller, he thought it was in another county because the town is in a different county yeah. than the airfield. Yeah. You'd probably find quite a bit of that around in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah so, you know, there's a lot of that. But uh, uh, but we managed it. I think the only part where we nearly came unstuck was County Louth. There's an airfield uh, in the Cooley Peninsula and we intended to land there because that's in County Louth. And then we looked at where the airfield was supposed to be and was done with fog. We oh, thought, no. right, we're sniggered now. And, uh, and our maps, you know, I mean, don't show us county boundaries. So what were we going to do? And we thought, well, there's, there's the village of Louth. Surely Louth is in County Louth. Uh, and then we said, oh, we've got to find somewhere to land. We found a suitable field that we could land in, and we took photographs of the plane and the field and all the rest. And our photographs are geotagged, so you would know where it was. Uh, and then we finished the rest, came in, and says, can someone tell us where was that photograph taken? I said, it's County Louth. Thank so, uh, so that was, so always, always we would have been just yeah. stymied at the last, uh, just at the last, couple of airfields but you know but we were okay we were and was it all documented then does this actually was this actually a, a record um you know registered no we didn't because no. we didn't think we were we, that was that was not our intention no. originally we just wanted to raise money we wanted to do something and raise money for yeah. the charity it, we didn't think outside the box we didn't think know. outside the box we should have thought to do it one. again now well this <laughs> is it the Guinness people on on the plane with you are. yeah yeah like we have we have it all electronically we have it all documented or whatever but i don't know how well that will count or whatever yeah and then it was on to your most recent adventure yes um which which sounds well, like a logistical Oh, yes. Well, we Tell did the Malin to Mizzenhead in between times yeah. and also east to west. And we did all, obviously, those in one day as well. Madness that we do these wee yeah. things. But they all raised a few pounds. I can't actually give you the figures. What were the challenges for those ones, for the Malin Head to Mizzenhead? What were the te technical difficulties that you came across? It or? wasn't too bad as... It, 
they got like with all these long flights around Ireland and stuff like that, we need the weather weather all round. Yeah. And we need to be able to get fuel. And those are the two things that we have to worry about. Plus we have to sit in an airplane for a few hours. Which I can imagine it's not the most comfortable. Well, it's not too bad, but he would... M- <laughs> I believe you were doing a bit of moaning about the seats. Oh, well, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think what he did was he swapped out the nice thick cushion one and gave me this little thin thing. Oh, right. So, so he got there first. <laughs> he, he got there first, I think. But he would deny that, of course. He said, oh, no, no, nothing wrong. It's great. It's grand. <laughs> but, no, uh, I... I I had difficulty walking after that one, I can tell you. Yeah, but it's a long time to be in an airplane. We were over six hours in an airplane. Like, it's a different matter if you're flying to somewhere in Spain or whatever, America or something, and uh, you can get up and walk about, but we can't do you no know, two-seater aircraft. Can't yeah, because I'm sure those yeah those seats aren't the most comfortable thing. They're not. That's not what really they're designed for. Uh, like that. Yeah, and as well as that, we always had to keep our wits about it. Like we're always doing something because you, because we're going on the international airports. You've got airspace, you've got radio calls, you've got all sorts of things going on. You've got to be aware of our traffic and the, you know flying about and so on. Fortunately, uh, there wasn't a lot of traffic flying about because of COVID. Yeah. But their their traffic controllers were brilliant. So that's the thing, yeah. I mean, this couldn't have happened. The the commercial landing at all the commercial airports in in Ireland um, wouldn't have been able to happen only for COVID because of the the you know the flights, you know there aren't planes in the sky yeah, for well, obvious but, reasons. But have made it more difficult. We probably could have done it, and I'll go back to that in a wee minute. But a. We planted the seed about this about six months beforehand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been when people are interested and they talk about it, the more inclined to donate. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to do something that was slightly different, but then the COVID was going on, and we didn't know if it was going to happen or not. Because you weren't allowed to do it initially during at the at the first lockdown. Yes, the first lockdown, and I couldn't fly. We weren't yeah. allowed to fly, we were closed up. Now, we were allowed to do maintenance flights and things like that. And I think now instructors are allowed to fly on their own for to maintain currency. You no, know, because it wouldn't be good if one of those guys hadn't flown in six months and would have jumped in the airplane. I don't think that would work too well. Yeah. Uh, so, and it wouldn't be good for the planes either. It would not be good for the planes. That's why you were allowed maintenance flights. You know, it's like if you left your car sitting at the door for yeah, a while. Yeah, your battery would be dead. Yeah, I think, yeah it just wouldn't work. You know, so. Yeah. It's also plus the fact that you as a pilot need to keep up you need to keep up to speed with your flying as well that you can't just forget about it for three or four months and then go back to it. Normally if someone hasn't flown for a while they would go up with an instructor. Yeah. But then the instructors have to keep up to speed. Exactly, yeah. Instructors (laughs) need to need to keep up just just as much. Yeah, Yeah, and because we can't fly with anybody to keep up to speed, we've got to fly ourselves. So you know you can no, you'd have to be doing a couple of flights a month just to be safe. Yeah. But anyway, so then you, but it did, it did happen, but this took a long time in the planning, I assume, because you had to get involved with the airports and, you know, air traffic control. Yes. Well, we were very lucky that we had an air traffic controller at a Dublin airport who is actually learning to fly here. students, yeah. And she was magic. And obviously she knew the Dublin air traffic controllers and she was 
fantastic at getting us into Dublin. You know, it was all the whole flight because of the distance we were doing and we were landing in every airport. We had to get it to run smooth. Yeah. We and could, time, time wise, you had to have, have you time. could you had to be you know. Yes, we couldn't afford to be holding at some airport for fifteen minutes. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Number one, we didn't have the time, and number two, you're using a fuel that we didn't really have. Yeah. So, Jackie Lawrence was a blessing, and she was the other member of the team. And Jackie did all the the airfields in the south. And I did all the airfields in the north. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, they were all fantastic. The IAA, the Dublin Airport Authority, all the other airfields, fantastic. It must have been some sightseeing, a small plane, a very unusual thing to see at Dublin Airport. Um, I think I read that you had to like bypass the Ryanair flight at some, at some <laughs> point. I, I would like to have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not very often that you would get the chance to fly over Dublin. Yeah. You know, like I'm talking over the city. Over the city. Very, yeah, because very, there would be, those flight paths would be very busy. Yeah, it's normally closed, that is controlled airspace. Yeah. And they don't normally like want you within 100 miles of it because the Dublin airport at this stage is very busy. Very, very busy. Now, there used to be uh, GA aircraft, that's light aircraft, flying into Dublin years ago, but it's a long time ago now. But you see now it's nearly impossible for you to get you in. Yeah. But it was fantastic. We took off the night before. The weather was looking good. And, <laughs> and then came, it all went pear-shaped. And then we came down here in the morning and I <laughs> pulled the airplane around. out. And then it started to mizzle and rain. And I thought, oh, sugar. You know. like but Because this was October. October the 11th, right? Yes. And you... You know, you're heading into the winter. You, you're not going to have much opportunities after October. Yeah. We had to go. You know, the weather wasn't going to get better. The days were getting too short. Yeah. But also, if we didn't get away on time, we wouldn't have made it around in time before dark. Plus the fact that we basically had slots booked in for all the airfields on the the timing really had to work. Yeah. And because and also some of, some of the airfields too were going to be closing early because of COVID, yes, because there's no traffic. So yeah. I felt like it was a risk that so if we don't get here, how are we going to get on? Logistically very difficult. Very difficult. Uh, the two or the three airfields that was an issue actually was knock, knock west. Yeah. Right, because they had they were only open to a certain time. Not only were they going to be closed, they actually closed the airspace so you couldn't fly in. Okay. We uh, The other one was Agnington and Derry, who obviously closed on staggered hours. Yeah. You know, on their clothes for an hour at lunchtime and, and an hour in the afternoon. And we couldn't afford to, to hit that wrong time. So we couldn't loiter because we burned too much fuel. Yeah. And we, if an hour would have, would have been dark by the time we got back. That would have so this all had to be planned to a T. Oh yes, to right to the, the nearest monitor. <laughs> yeah. 
So you, you, you did manage to, you, you were slightly late taking off because I, um, what, the, the, the rain eased off. Yes, but, but we were only about 10 minutes late. Yeah. Which wasn't too bad. You know, was set. Can you make up that time in the air? Is there any way to make up that time, you know, with winds or I don't really understand this, uh, the way the way it works up there in the sky. But Well, we did make up a little time, but probably what was in our favour was that when we arrived at Dublin there was an hour, I think around hour going in. Mm-hmm. You know, so we had to hold for about three or four yeah, minutes. you don't want to mess with those boys. Well, you don't want to argue <laughs> with them, no. No, no, definitely They're slightly not. bigger. <laughs> And uh, we we had to hold, you know, anyway, so we were okay, yeah. you know, at the Dublin one. But then we made up a bit more time on the way because it all depends on the wind and stuff like that. You know, if the wind was uh, lighter than what we had got the forecast for, we would actually make better time. Yeah. So I mean, it really is very dependent on an awful lot of factors. Yeah. That everything has to just really fall into place and go your way. I mean, if, if the weather had changed, yeah. Well, it, 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 <laughs> at the end of the day, it, you know, it is the planning which will make it run smooth. But the one thing that you don't have any control over is weather. Yeah. Right. So you have to have a plan B and a plan no, no, right down. <laughs> you know, in case you have to make a few diversions. When we were going to carry, although it wasn't very far from Cork, we had to go over the high ground there and there was low cloud and we had to go around that. Then we had to find a hole in the cloud to get down yeah. and we could see where we were going. Didn't want to fly into a mountain, wouldn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> ruined your whole there's day. Certainly, you know, I'd say you're right, Donegal and places like that. I mean, you're, there's, and, and Kerry, yeah, there are certainly, you know, places that are a lot more mountainous than others, so you yeah. probably do have to be... Yeah, well, you have the highest mountains in Kerry down there, so... Um, but, but I'd uh, say it's stunning. I'd say it's... I'd say it was beautiful, this Oh, is... it was beautiful, yeah. Oh, the sights we seen, it was absolutely beautiful, the, the flying part of it. Um, just, we're all under a lot of pressure with time and with airspace and... So you didn't really have time to take in the scenery? Or well, we took in some of it. Well, we did, and we enjoyed it, don't get me wrong. Yeah. We enjoyed the flight and everything else. But regards the air traffic control, we were talking to an air traffic controller all the time. Yeah. We were just going from one to the other. The Shannon controllers were controlling really the whole of Ireland. So every time... We went into an airfield, we had to go back onto Shannon and then go from Shannon back onto the next one and then go from that one back to Shannon and that was going on all the time. Uh, and as well as that, then you, you would get, you know, given some of the distances, you would have problems with, uh, you know, called to the radio calls. You say, what, what did he say? What did she say? Uh, you know, I mean, be, because they're basically almost out of range of our yeah. our radio sets or whatever. Uh, the heights we were flying at, for you know to stay at a particular sorts of airspace and weather and the rest of it and to stay legal, uh, you, you could you could lose some of the radio transmissions. So is Shannon Shannon has the is the controller of the of of most of us around the, around the country. Is there a reason for that? Is it because they deal with a lot of the international flights from America and stuff? Well, they do, yeah. yeah. And at the time they were open. <laughs> yeah, they were open. And we would have thought it would have been Dublin though. Uh, Dublin is a kind is kind of controlling their own area. Right. Yep. I suppose because there's so many flights there. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, if you take 
I'll take the Shannon one will be controlling up the rest of Ireland. Yeah. What airports did, did you land in there? Just tell us the, all of the airports that there are. We landed in Dublin, in Waterford, in Cork, Cork Kerry. Kerry, Shannon, Knock, Sligo, Donegal, Donegal, Eglinton and Derry, Aldergrove, and the city of Belfast. The other thing that probably gave us a bit of grief was when we left Eglinton for Aldergrove, we thought it would have been a straight route. But there again, the low tide over the sparrows and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. We had to do a diversion there as well. And although we knew the airspace in front of us was okay, you know, it wasn't that bad. But, but we had to negotiate that as well. So. And did that cost you time? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But you had, uh, you had some window of, you know, to play with. Yeah, well, and when we were going into Belfast City, we had to wait for. Uh, it was a woman pilot in an Airbus. Uh, she was going into uh, Belfast City, but we can't just uh, go in immediately after them because they have a, what they call wake turbulence behind them. We have to wait till that clears. So you have to wait about three or four minutes. Oh, is that the reason why you have to wait? Yeah, you know, oh yeah, yeah. You don't want to fly into turbulence because when they're flying, uh, when they're flying slow to come and land, they get a lot of uh, turbulence coming off their wingtips and so oh, okay. And uh, if we flew into that, we'd be. You know, such and bad rules and God knows what else. flip you over like a stride, yeah, and it really is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, it is dangerous. So, if you, if yeah. you ever see I suppose some... when you think about it, it'd be like in the wake of a ship. It'd be the same sort of thing, would it? <laughs> Not yes. unlike it, yes. Um, if you've ever seen some of the uh, photographs of uh, jumbos or, or, or large jets land when there's when there's some sort of mist or fog, you'll see these vortices or like tornadoes on their side right. coming off the wingtops. And that's what causes all the turbulence. Okay. And, so, and oddly enough, it does when they're flying slow, not when they're fast. So you had to wait then? A little bit. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> so it was interesting flying around Belfast Lock. Oh, it must have been getting dark at that stage. Mm, no, it wasn't too bad. Because we, we, we actually made really good time coming back. Was... Well, at that time, it didn't matter so much because yeah. we were on the home run. Yeah. Home run, yeah. Like so when we got really to Eglinton, you know, we're home. Yeah. yeah. You know, if necessary, we could have come straight home. And, uh, but we probably had about an hour of daylight left. So how, how did it feel then when you were, um, the wheels down? <laughs> Exhausted. In, in Exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's, it is very, you don't realise, you're under a lot of pressure when you're doing this, right? And, you know, a lot of relief that we, we did it, that we were, successful and everything was okay you know there was no instance or anything so that was that was good was there a yeah. good reception there for you when you landed oh yeah. yes there was a few here and they all clapped and all that sort of stuff as well but i was kind of disappointed on the 32 county one they had champagne and all oh, here well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is here this is where you finally landed yeah, right landed here, here in your yeah. own on your own yeah. yeah, landing strip here. Yeah, uh-huh. we start from here and we and we land back here. Yeah. Yeah. And how did it feel for you in terms of um, having done this for your in memory of your daughter? And yeah. It must have been very very special, and you know. It's just another one of those things that you don't forget, you know. And you know, you know, at the time and when we landed and things, I probably was just that exhausted, and it took me about three or four days to recover, to be quite honest. But. The more I think about it, 
you know, it reminds me of a lot of things. Yeah, and there, so did you get some semblance of some comfort, or? Like you do, you know, you, you. Sure, she would have been very proud of you for having. Yeah, done it, yeah. yeah. She always, she always was very, uh, sort of like that, like, uh, sort of. She'd been very proud. You know, even that we have it all. We have what we have. We started this all from scratch and all that sort of stuff. And she used to say, you know, you're doing great. You're doing yeah. great. And how did it all start? This, um, how did you get involved in flying, both of you, I mean, in the first place? I got involved I, at a very early age. I remember, I think it was pre-verbal at the time. Pre-verbal. <laughs> and uh, I'm originally from Derry. And I remember as a child looking up at all these four-inched airplanes flying over and didn't know what I knew not about them at all. That was me. Yeah. And then I went up to learn to fly at Eglinton. What age uh, were you then? Uh, I think it was about 18 or something. Uh, and I discovered I could fly an airplane, but I couldn't drive a car. But <laughs> 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 if I didn't learn, I didn't learn to drive until oh years after, because Derry didn't need one. It was short. And it was only when I came to Belfast to work that I discovered I needed a car and had to learn to drive. That's but, really funny. Yeah, so <laughs> it was funny, yeah. So when you're going for a job and they say, do you have a license? And you say, well, I have a I can, play, I can I for fine airplane. Is that any good to you? <laughs> <laughs> not very good, yeah. Well, technically you could say, well, they only asked me, did I have a license? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, st- I, like, but then I stopped flying for years and years and years and years and years. I would go up for an odd flight somewhere. And then I thought I'd better get back into this area. It, just, it was a bug that I had to get rid of and uh, discovered here. Uh, yes, this is how you met. And you were you, Rathiel, how, how did you get involved in flying? Oh, it's well, I'll run through it very quickly, right? And I'll give away my age at this point in time. In 1979, <laughs> I bought a radio controlled airplane. I was always into flying and loved airplanes and stuff. And I bought it and I bought a helicopter and I flew all that for about five years. And then myself, and a good friend of mine, we bought a microlight between us. It was a single seat. I'd love to go on, look for one of them. And or was, I wouldn't know. No, it was a weight shift, <laughs> like a hand lighter type thing. Okay, and maybe we, not. <laughs> and we taught ourselves to fly in a big field over at Myra. No instructors, no nothing. We taught ourselves to fly. Wow. And that was my first introduction to actually fly on myself. You knew the Wright brothers, personally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then in 1994, I went and got my license. You couldn't get a license in the early days here for a mic light. There was no instructors. There was nothing here. You had to go over to the UK to get it. And I couldn't afford it. The wife wouldn't have let me, all those sort of things. <laughs> and. Uh, it's really quite dangerous. I mean, well, probably it's like trees and electric, electric wires and things like that in your way. At that time, it probably was more dangerous, but I didn't think of it that way. I mean, I been I took off from here one day and I had an engine failure and landed over in the field over there. I got it going again and I took off and I landed at an oil field. And have you always lived here in Tandrakee? Yeah, I've always lived here. This is the farm. I used to be, like, I used to milk cows, you see. That's what I did for a living. All right. 
And then I mean, in 94, I got my license. In 96, we put the airfield in here and put a hangar up. And three years after that, then I went and got my instructor rating, right? And we officially started a school. And do you have a lot of um, people that you teach here? Yeah, we would have, we get about probably around 12 new pilots every year. Really? Yeah, and that's getting, that's 12 pilots getting their, their license. A lot of women pilots too. Or have got yeah. their license or are learning to get their license or training to get their license. When did you get the first plane then? The first plane to teach yeah. would have been in about 98. I bought it and that was a damaged aircraft under a parrot and all that sort of stuff and I got it going. Are they, I'm sure they're very expensive to buy. Well at that time it wasn't really, I mean we're talking about the, the very very early days. Yeah. But Probably, relatively speaking, it was expensive for me at the time yeah. because I didn't have the money to do it in the first place, and uh, I had to hide things that wasn't <laughs> supposed to be there. <laughs> but it just went from there, and we built it up. And I mean, I was the instructor for a number of years. I was doing it on my own. And then I gave up the farming and I kept at this and we moved on and I got another instructor in with me to give me a hand. So if we move on to today, we have what, about five instructors mm-hmm. all together. How many planes have you got? We've got four. Four planes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ahead, yeah. No, I was just going to say, is this where you, um, you, you met? Yeah, that's where I met. Yes, came back, said, got the license to fly these sort of aircraft. Uh, then flew a lot of hours, got a share in an airplane, then thought I wanted to do something else and went on an instructor's course. And I've been instructing ever since. Then, aside from these mad harebrained schemes that he comes up with, one would go somewhere different. Like <laughs> like uh, the, the ballon head, the mizzen head. He says, come down on Wednesday. So, we'll go tomorrow. <laughs> what? Go where? Go for Mountain Head, isn't it? That's all right. I filled in all the, 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 the flight plan and everything. We're all ready to go. But that's the excitement. I mean, oh, well, definitely. Yeah, excitement. Obviously, I mean, you both have, you didn't know, have time to an say adventurous no. um, streak if you, to, to, to come up with this in the first place. Yeah, well, it's, it's just nice to be doing something different, different outside the box. Yeah, but uh, you know it was the whole thing has been good. The thing about the flying the aircraft that we fly it makes aviation affordable to normal people. That's what I was going to say. This must be yeah. can normal people oh, yes. do this? Oh yes, yeah, that you can. And sometimes there's uh, like we have a lot of young. You've just given me a good idea for a birthday present. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you have, we had a, a lot of young people too. Um, some of them we were able to get to bursaries, or they were able to get bursaries from the Micro Life Association, so to get them on the path and learn to fly. And we had a few, few successful people. Then we had some other people that came here and learned here and ended up flying Boeing 777 or something. So this would give them the bug and get them started? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's an inexpensive way to get involved in aviation. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And it puts them on the track for doing other things. 
I the airplane. It's very terrifying at the start when you get in and you're it's, thinking it's not, as it's soon totally as it different. just lifts off the ground. But it's, it's totally different. It's not like being in an airliner or anything like that. I suppose that you always get a chance to fly the thing. So because yeah. we're instructors, so you know we can. And keep you know an that there's somebody beside you. You're not gonna. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're well so, after. <laughs> so it's it's very, and uh, it's very very different. You know, we first I don't like heights. Ever. I thought it would up a ladder would terrify me, but yeah. it's a different yeah, experience. That's a funny thing as well. I don't like heights either. I can't go up a ladder anymore. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't like heights. I, I can't just, go up a ladder. But, but there's two totally Or different. I can't look over a cliff. Put the eyes over and that looking over a cliff. I'm lying down on my belly yeah. looking over. Scared Will someone down. hold his feet? Yeah. <laughs> but you see flying? It's different. Like, and we've even flown with doors off or take photographs or something like that. You take the door off. so you get. But it's a different sensation. It's totally different. And I think, as I said before, it's almost like therapy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if someone's up here, like, they'll be thinking about the mortgage or anything else. They're just, they're overwhelmed. Their senses overwhelmed with the sights. Like, once you go around the moorings and on, you see the moorings, you see the sea, you see the silent valley, or maybe even fly down the silent valley, oh, or fly up along so the beach. It's, it's fantastic. Like, it uh, really is. Like, like, the cliffs of moor, when we're going around the coast, if you fly up along cliffs of moor, cliffs of moor are 800 feet, right? Yeah. And you fly along, and what you do is you go over one of the more deserted but you fly over, let's say, 50 feet or something, right? And then you just come, and they would just drop away, and it's a stunning. Yeah. And, you know, you're flying over, uh, for instance, uh, you know, the, what do you call the uh, Iron Islands or something like that there. It's like the views, and the, it's just, Ireland's such a beautiful place to fly over. It's yeah. unbelievable. Or the Giant's Causeway or... And you can fly character. quite low because you're small aircraft. Well, we can, it's we, not we, like we, you're, you know, if we're in a commercial airline, you're way up above yeah, the clouds you know, and you can't see any of this stuff. Yeah, as long as we stay legal, as long as we stay within the, the 500 feet, it all depends where you are. So, you know, you've got to be able to make sure you're not going to terrify animals or people or anything out there. Yeah. But as long as you stay legal and whatever, it's uh, it's it's just beautiful place to fly over. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. definitely have... Yeah, well, everybody should try it once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, in saying that, my wife over there <laughs> won't fly. Now she'll fly in a. Now she, it used to be that she was petrified in a commercial aircraft. Really. But she, uh, because my daughter was ill and she lived in Manchester, she had to fly back and forward all the time. Right. You know, and she got used to flying. Now that's okay, but you see, if she had a bad flight, she probably wouldn't get into an airplane again. Really? And she won't fly with me, not particularly with me, she just won't fly <laughs> with anybody. Because she just, she's just nervous. Yeah, especially in a small plane, I mean. Yeah, like, and you can understand that if somebody doesn't safer. want to fly, they don't want to fly, you know. Really? Small plane safer? Yeah, much safer, yeah. Like, it was like at the Bowen 777 the other day, had an engine fire, right? Like, even if we have engine stops, you just glide. These things take off. And things we fly take off and land very, very short distances. And I suppose there's so many fields in, in Ireland, it's probably you're not going to find it hard, even if you can't. And, and looking at all these dots here, but even if you can't find one of the actual, you'll find somewhere to land. Yes, if need be, you can yeah. put them down in a very short space. Very short space, right? And I suppose that the worst comes to the worst, you go into a hedge at five miles an hour, I don't think you're going to kill anybody. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless we're standing in front of you to get the way of the propeller or something. But no, it's uh, a very safe. Uh, some of our planes also have ballistic parachutes. Uh, if it all goes parachute, you pull a big lever, rocket goes up, 
big parachute opens up and lowers it over airplane to the ground. A parachute for the plane. For the plane. And the documents. <laughs> it would be more useful, I mean, I wouldn't be wanting to use no, it I would go to use around it. here, but if I had a ninja light over water or something like that, it would be different. Or if you had a structural failure, say somebody flies a drone on you or something stupid. Oh yeah, I suppose that's one of the hazards big... of these days, drones. Yeah, uh, that just stops it's a big airplanes too, you wouldn't want to yes. fly in your jet engine. Yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. It's going to become a problem with drones now in the future because there's going to be a lot of them. They yeah. need to be regulated. You can go out and buy a drone and you don't need to be registered and you can fly it. Like, and the most people that do that don't know anything about air law or anything like that. Because there was one, was it a couple of years ago, there was an incident at Heathrow, I think, and, yeah, but they never yeah. thought, what I could never understand is how they couldn't find, because surely these things are registered to people. Well, how they're they not, you see, that's the point. Well, see, well, I think now they have to be, right, but even then, some people still get them, they get them, yeah. they, they, they just buy them. Now, a lot of the drones now have built in the electronics that know where they are, and if you go near, uh, uh, what do you call it, an airport or something, they just don't fly into it, they just land immediately. Oh, really? All by themselves, yes. But some of the smaller ones, and people don't realise, uh, you know, they might be small, but if you flew into one in an airplane, it might be a whole different uh, whole different ball game. I remember uh, flying above here, and I must have been over, over a thousand feet, over a thousand feet, going along there to uh, fly over this, the airport here, uh, the airfield here, and there was a drone, right? Uh, at the same height, but it was, it was a fair bit away, but it wasn't that far away. But whoever was flying that couldn't have seen the drone. They were relying on the cameras to tell them where they were, and that was totally illegal. Right. Because they're not, not supposed to fly above, what was it, 400 feet? So there's no, you know, so if I had a flew in there to work, have a propeller and take it out my propeller, or I would have went through the windshield or whatever, you know, would, wouldn't have been a good outcome for me. Yeah. Yeah. But it was something to avoid it now. But, but anyway, just before you come in, I said to Liam, what's our next adventure? That's what I was going to ask you. What is your next adventure? What, <laughs> and I said to him, what do you want to do? What do you want to do yourself? Because a lot of my, a lot of these ideas have come from me. I want to hear what Liam wants All to right, do. Well, you, here we're, you are. Tell us right now. So we're going to fly to the continent somewhere. Frederick Schaffen or somewhere like that. Or I don't know. We'll go somewhere. Fly over the Alps. Yeah, yeah. You know, do something like that, something, yeah. something different. But then again, it all depends on the good old COVID nineteen. Yeah, well, the vaccine is on, on its way, so hopefully we oh. have to have hope. Because we have to have we're hope. We're all cracking up. <laughs> well, I think we are. We're all going, we're all going mad, and people are on the edge. But we will get out of it. We'll have to live with it. But yeah. we'll get out of it. We'll get back to. Normality, or with the normality that it's going to be different. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's desperate. It's not been able to, and the whole social aspect. You know, what I mean, you can't meet anybody, or you can't. Yeah, it's just like grand. You can't go for a cup of coffee. Yeah, it's just stupid things like that. Yeah, you just take them for granted, and I don't think any of us will be taking things like that for granted for uh, quite a while after this. And it's got the stage when you watch TV, right? You watch some old movie, and none of the masks on, and they're shaking hands. Do you get that as well? And you kind of go, stop. <laughs> and so, so, so you think it's off to, off to Europe then? That's the that's the plan. Well, yeah. Unless you do you want do you want to try that do the Lundberg run across <laughs> the Atlantic? No, I might go. I, I might fly around England or land into 
Oh, Jodder Groot's Land Air. Jodder Groot's Land Air. You could try that one. Well, that's all been done, but I'd just like to do it, maybe. Yeah. You never know. Okay, well, it's been really nice to talk to you and, and to hear this whole story, this mm-hmm. this saga. <laughs> and um, I wish you well on your next adventure, mm-hmm. wherever it might be. Yep, yep. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to Raphael and Liam there, and I hope they get their trip to Europe sooner rather than later. If you'd like to donate, you can just go to the Christine O'Carroll Research Fund on Facebook. I'd just like to take this moment to mention Dean Wright from Ballylisk Dairies, who sadly passed away recently. Um, We spoke to him just a few weeks ago for the podcast, and Arma, I would like to convey our deepest sympathies to his family and his friends. Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 223. Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan.